0: Well, good morning. I tell you, I love the worship music here, don't you? Amen. Well, I I love that song. In fact, that song we just sang, first time I ever heard it was actually at our worship night uh, about six weeks ago, uh, which was actually the first message in this series on building blocks. It was on worship, and then we had a worship night that night. And uh, I thought, that is a great song. In fact, it fits perfectly this message series, which is on building blocks, right habits for a meaningful life, and the truth is, all of our habits, everything we do to build life, needs to be on a foundation. That foundation is Jesus Christ, who never fails. And so, everything you hear me say, it's based based on the foundation of Jesus Christ as the rock of our life. So, um, and uh, well, welcome. Uh, and no announcements today, thank you very much and uh, you 're welcome and uh, But I do have one announcement every week connect cards and if you 're in person here in the uh, in the auditorium then you 'll find that connect card in your bulletin if you 're online, then you can find there 's a tab above if you 're online with our uh, off our website if you 're on YouTube or Facebook, <laughs> tough luck um, but <laughs> you can go and find one but uh, This connect card lets us know you're here, lets you communicate with us, and so each week here at Crossroads, we all fill these out as families or as individuals, and as a a first, second, third-time guest or a regular attender, we encourage you to fill one out as well, as much as you're comfortable. If you are a first-time guest, if you fill it out and take it to our guest services kiosk in the cafe, then we have a, a special gift for you, and so please be sure to do that. Also... You can use the, the Connect card to write prayer requests or questions or sign up for things. Um, all sorts of ways of communicating. Or Also, you, if you give us your email, and you can ask us to, to send you our e-newsletter, which goes out. It's not often. We're not going to spam you or anything. Uh, plus, our digital bulletin, which comes out on Saturday, lets you know what's going on in the church as well. Um, and especially if you're online, you might want to sign up for that as well since you don't get the in-person bulletin. So, All right, good. Well, so our final message in the series, Building Blocks, Habits for a Meaningful Life, is, is this final building block, and that is telling the truth. Telling the truth. Now, we all know that telling the truth is important, right? I mean, if you have kids, what's the, one of the first things you tell your kids? You got to tell the truth, right? We want to teach our kids telling the truth is very important. So, but as you get older, you realize that telling the truth is not always Completely straightforward. Are you always supposed to tell the truth? You say yes, but the answer is actually no. If the Nazis come to your your door and say, are you hiding a Jewish family, what do you say? No, right? Because saving a life outweighs the need to tell an evil person the truth. So there are not, not always do you tell the truth. Men, you know this right? If your wife asks you, does this dress make me look fat, what do you say? No. no. It's not the dress. No, just, okay. <laughs> it took you guys just a little while for that one to sink in. No, right? Now, if she's about to bite it and doesn't look so great, You, what you say is, that dress doesn't do you justice, right? But, <laughs> eh, but, if they're about to go out in public and there's no time to change, you don't add anything. You look marvelous is always the answer you give, right? So, and let's assume she does always look marvelous. You're actually telling the truth. But, so, there are times when we do do say not going to always tell the truth, but the only times we don't is when the truth or, or when the the lack of truth isn't a benefit to us, but in the situation, it is a true blessing to the other person. Not because we're hiding from something from them that's important, but there's, there's a balance of good and evil where there are times when we don't tell the truth. But the vast majority, 99.99% of the time, telling the truth is what we are called to do. Sometimes people might say, well, I didn't lie, I didn't say anything. You ever heard that one? Or used it yourself, right? But sometimes withholding the truth is just as deceitful as speaking a falsehood. Especially if the truth we withheld was important for another person's success or blessing. So not saying anything when you should speak the truth is just as bad as speaking a falsehood. It's deceptive. But there's also maybe one of the greatest challenges in speaking the truth is when people don't know the truth to speak. Let me give you an example. Sometimes we as people don't want to face the truth about ourselves. We live in a little bit of denial, so we don't speak the truth because we don't even really know the truth about what's going on inside of us. Or some people, they might grow up in a, in a family or an environment that, that distorts the truth of how the world works, and so they grow up, and they don't know the truth because they didn't learn it at an early age. They grew up with a distorted view of reality through a, a dysfunctional background or, or family. Or it could be people in the world around us who, who hear things on social media or in the mainstream media that distort the truth, and so they, 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 don't, they don't know the truth to speak. In in today's world, how do you know what's true? Because there's so many opinions out there purporting to be the truth. And so, in our world, the truth is a difficult thing to find. Which is why our first point is, our world needs the truth. Our world needs the truth. And by the way, I'm going to drink a lot more today just because it is really dry. So... Forgive the occasional interruptions. But our world needs the truth. And I'm not talking about just like, uh, did you take the last piece of pie um, kind of truth where you... I didn't take it. But I'm talking about the deeper truths of, of how life works. Who we are. You know, Paul in Ephesians 4 describes the first century, which sounds a lot like the 21st century. And he says this. He says, As we grow mature in Christ, this is verse 13, he says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced by people trying to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church says, we need to not be like immature children, blown about by all these new teachings, new ideas, people deceiving us. I mean, think about blowing about, think, think about Santa Ana wins, right? Everything gets blown around, and that's sort of like our culture today, isn't it? People go from one idea to the next, trying to find something that's going to make them happy, something that's going to make them feel good about themselves, something that's going to make them, you know, sort of overcome their fears, um, you know, play to their pride or their vanity, We're always looking for something new and different. Children are gullible, aren't they? You know, have you ever played that game, got your nose? Kids actually think you have your nose. I've had kids cry, give me back my nose. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, here's your nose back, you know. They're gullible. Or how about, uh, have you ever said to your kids, maybe this is showing my generation, don't make that face, it it might freeze like that. And you'll be like that the rest of your life. And you go, oh. poker face, right? You know, but kids will believe stuff. It, 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 we can, but you know, the thing is, unfortunately, adults can be gullible too, can't we? When it plays to our fears or our pride or our vanity or our insecurities, we buy all sorts of stuff that just isn't True. New teaching, we love new teaching. The Bible says <laughs> there's no such thing as new teaching. It's just old lies recycled in new ways. But, uh, and, and, or people tricking us with lies so clever, they sound like the truth. You know, when you listen to the world today and people talking, you've got to really think carefully about what you're hearing because often it, it's lies cleverly hidden to sound like the truth. And so the world needs truth. And one of the things that God asks for us is to tell the truth. And and here are a few truths that I believe the world needs to know, that it has sort of lost sight of. The first is this, people don't determine what is right and wrong, right? We are not the measuring standard of what is right and wrong. In fact, when people decide what's right and wrong, what does that get us? It gets us war and abuse It gets us oppression. It gets us all sorts of of things that are, are wrong in the world because you can't tell another person that they're wrong because they've decided their own truth. We are in a world that is so messed up, we have no clue what's right and wrong anymore because we think we are the determinants. But the truth is there is a God, a loving God, who created this world and he created you and me and he's the one who determines what is true and false, what is right and what is wrong. And we can deceive ourselves into thinking I get to, to, to determine it. But guess what? In the very beginning, you know what the first human sin was? It was people wanting to decide what is right and wrong for themselves. Remember in the garden, what did what did Satan say? eat of this tree, and you'll know the difference between good and evil. In other words, you don't have to listen to God anymore. You get to figure it out. You get to know it. And we keep falling for that same trap over and over and over again. And all it does is it messes us up. It messes us up, and the whole world. Uh, Another thing that we need to know, and that is that God, this God who created the world, who loves us, who knows right and wrong and tries to teach us that for our own good. He's also the one who created you and me. He's the one who created male and female. He created men and women, boys and girls, and he intended them to be different. But I will also say this. We often get these stereotypes. This is a stereotypical man. This is a stereotypical woman, and there is no such thing as a stereotypical man or woman. There is such a wide range of, 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 of who a woman is and what a man is. We're different... There's no such thing as a stereotype. Stereotypes end up being dangerous and pigeonhole people. They drive people in in directions they shouldn't go. God made men and women, He made them different. But He he gave a great diversity of how to express our gender in the world as a man or as a woman. Along those same lines, we need to know the truth masculinity is not toxic. People are toxic. Men are toxic and women are toxic. But it's not masculinity. And not only that, but traditional marriage is actually a good gift from God. It's not a social contract that enslaves people. It's not something that that forces people to to remain together and to, 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 to forget their happiness. In fact, if you think that way, you haven't actually read the studies Because most studies show that people who are actually in traditional marriages are the happiest people around. They're generally more joyful and more at peace. But our world doesn't want to, to view that way. We want complete freedom. But marriage is a gift from God. Another truth that we need to hear over and over and over again is that every single person has the same value every no matter where they come from no matter what their accent is no matter the color of their skin no matter um, how much they make no matter anything about their circumstances every single person has equal value before God and should before us and so prejudice and racism have no place in our world well they have a place but they shouldn't have a place that's the truth. But there's another truth, and that's, that's this. You really are responsible for the choices you make. In our world, we love to blame other people, and we love other people to bail us out, whether it's the government or anybody else. But a biblical truth is I am responsible for my choices, my debt, my failures, my screw ups. I'm responsible. Of course, the next truth is also really important, and that is that the God who created us has grace and forgiveness available to us. So no matter where my choices have led me, no matter how much I've screwed up or failed or gotten in debt spiritually, emotionally, financially, whatever, I have a God who is there beside me, who is gracious, who will forgive and set me on the right path again. But I will never know that I need to turn to him if I don't accept that I'm responsible for my choices. If I blame that on other people around me or the world in general. Those are the truths that our our world needs to hear, needs to know, needs to experience. But they have forgotten. And God says, you know what? I want you guys to tell the truth. And so, as we talk today about telling the truth, um, again, it's not so much personal, I'm telling the truth, I did, I did it, I didn't do it. It's more telling, telling, sharing the truth with the world who needs to know. Because yeah, because if there's a God who created the world, who loves us, who knows right and wrong, who, who wants to bless you, then that's, that's something we need to know. And the foundation of that it leads us to point number two, and that is this. Jesus is the truth. Amen. Jesus is the truth. He didn't just teach the truth. He is the truth. And, and, and that might sound a little simplistic, but, but hang with me. You know, if you want to know what your life is about, if you want to know who you are, if you want to know how the world got in the mess it's in and the way to move forward, looking inside of you will not help much. Looking at Jesus, he is the truth that will help us understand who we are, what this world is all about, how it got in this mess, and how do we move forward individually and together as a community, as a world. Jesus said, told his disciples the night before he he died, for them on the cross, he said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know the Father as well. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that, that is not a truth that the world really wants to hear. They want to hear there are so many paths to get to God. There are so many paths. And Jesus says, actually, I'm the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. When he says, I am the way, he doesn't mean, let me tell you about the way that you can take. He says, I am the way. It is through Jesus that we find life and meaning and hope and grace and forgiveness and purpose and significance in the world. It is through him. He is the way. He is the truth. Not He doesn't just teach the truth, which he does teach the truth, but he is the truth. It is his life that reveals to us who we are. It is his life that, that teaches us who we are meant to be. It is his life that reveals to you and to me how broken we are. Yet, how glorious we are as well. It is through Jesus Christ that we realize how lost we are in this world, but it's also through him that we find the path to true life. That's not a truth a lot of people want to hear. Most people want to hear, you're just fine. Even though we know we're sort of not, we want to be told that. But Jesus gives us the truth, the brutal deep truth of you're messed up, you're broken, but guess what? The power of God can bring healing. The power of God can move you forward from where you're stuck. The power of God can free you from where you find yourself enslaved. That's the good news of the truth that Jesus alone brings. And Jesus is the life. You see, Jesus wasn't just a good person who is really smart and wise and taught good things. Jesus amazingly and mysteriously, is the God who created the universe become flesh and walking among us on the earth. Because God realizes that we needed not just the Ten Commandments tablets from heaven. We didn't even need just the Bible. We needed God in flesh, embodied, to tell us the truth, to live the truth of who God is. And Jesus is the way and the truth and the life because life only comes through Jesus. Through his forgiveness and our resurrection to become the people we were created to be but we lost along the way. And so if Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, if it is through Jesus that we see who God really is, in fact, that's what he says, right? If you really know me, you'll know the Father as well because the Son is God incarnate enfleshed here so when we see Jesus we really do see God the God who created us who loves us who wants to share with us the truth of his grace and his blessing and if all that is true then isn't that like the best news in the world that there's a God who loves us so much that he, he actually enters into our world, in, in, enters into our lives as messed up as they are and walk along with us and give us grace and forgiveness and purpose and significance. I mean, this is the best news there is anywhere. That's the truth the world needs to know. Bottom line, the single greatest truth, that's what people need to know. It's what we need to know. So the question is, how does the world hear? How does the world understand? How does the world accept and receive this? I'm glad you asked. Because the answer is simple and it's point number three. So, third point is you are God's witness to the truth. You, I, we are God's witness to the truth. And you want to say me? You mean the preacher. You mean the evangelist, you mean the scholar. They're the ones, you know, who, who, it's their response. What about the Bible? The Bible, you don't need me. But God says, no, I want you, all of us, right? Just as Jesus came to embody God's love and truth, so also he calls us to, to embody his love and his truth for the world. In fact, right before Jesus goes back to heaven after he's, he gave his life for us on the cross and rose again. He, he hung around for 40 days to, 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 to minister to his disciples, to teach them, to give them the final what they needed before he was going to be gone from the earth. And he says this, he says, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth you will be my witnesses. Now, what does a witness do? Very simple, right? The job is real simple. You're supposed to tell the truth about what you've seen, heard, experienced, right? When you go into a court of law and you're called to be a witness, it's like you swear, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, right? I think they took out the, so help me God, but, unfortunately, but, but You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. You're not going to omit anything. You're not going to shade anything. You're just going to say, this is what I experienced. And that's all God asks of us. He says, I want you to share the truth of how you've experienced God's grace. How have you experienced God's healing? How have you experienced his transformation? How have you experienced his love, how have you experienced God's blessing in your life? God says, I just want you to share that. You don't have to be a preacher. In fact, I don't want you to be a preacher. In fact, the only time people might even come close to liking preachers is if you're in church on Sunday morning, and then you might not even be so sure. But the point is, no one likes to be preached at. So please don't preach. Just share the truth, right? Right? And, and, and as you're a witness, as you're sharing, this is what God has done in my life, you're not even going to tell the person, you know, by the way, this is what God wants to do in your life. No, you share a witness, doesn't tell people what to do. They just say, this is what I've experienced. This is how I've experienced God's presence and power in my life. This is how my life is different than it was before, All right? John, the apostle closest to Jesus says this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, a letter he wrote to the, one of the churches. He says, we are telling you what we have seen and heard so that you may share in this life with us. And we share it with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ, right? I want to share this so you can share with us in this amazing gift of God's presence and power and love and grace. That's what God asks of us. You know, again, not preaching, but sharing. How many of you, when you go to a, see a good movie, you end up telling other people, I saw this great movie. Or you find this, this wonderful restaurant. you so, I, mean, I found this great place, got great tacos, or got great whatever. You know, we tell people when something good happens in life. You know, somebody told me, this morning, I'm a little bit jealous. I know that's not really very like biblical, but uh, they're going to an Elton John concert, and I'm thinking, oh, man, that's awesome, but uh, good for you, but um, <laughs> no, um, sorry, where was I going? Yes. So we love to tell people good things going on in our life, things we've discovered, and what God says is, I want your spiritual life to be a part of what you share naturally with other people. You see, we, we have this interesting thing we, we will share about a restaurant, a movie, a concert, but spiritual life, nope, keep that, keep that secret. Not going to share that. God says, no, I want you to tell the truth. This is not preaching. This is sharing the good news of what's going on in your life. So it may be, you know, uh, Monday morning, tomorrow, you, you, you're, 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 you're at, uh, at work and you say, man, you know, we had awesome worship at church. I, it, it just really b- brings me joy. Or you might say, man, I learned something. I know this would be a shock, but I learned something on Sunday morning, and it taught me about myself. You know, or, uh, you know, I, I'd been struggling with anger, and God has helped me really overcome that. You know, but when we share this, it means there's a certain vulnerability that comes along with it, right? There's a certain vulnerability. Um, The thing is, that's what people need. They they need real people sharing real life, real experiences of the presence and power of God. They don't need someone saying, hey, my life's perfect. You're pretty messed up. You need Jesus to be perfect like me. Because guess what? None of us have perfect lives. And guess what? Everybody knows it. What's the number one complaint against Christians? They are hypocrites. And you know, we are but here's the thing, everyone is. No one is fully who they're saying they are. But if we can be more real, that helps people see God at work. But it means being willing to be vulnerable with other people because I can't share that God's helped me, helped me to overcome you know, anger or, or, or lust or insecurity unless I'm willing to say, hey, by the way, I had an anger problem. I had a lust problem. I had an insecurity problem, right? God helped me with this. But being that vulnerable with people actually draws them in rather than pushes them away. We love it when people are vulnerable with us. When they tell us what's really true in life. Now, now if you ask me how I'm doing it, I say, I feel very blessed. That's the truth. It doesn't mean life is perfect. In fact, life is not perfect. But I can, we, you, we can still feel blessed in the midst of imperfect circumstances. We can still feel joy. I'm a joyful person. So when you see me joyful, it's not an act. It's just, it's who I am. It doesn't mean life's perfect, but it means I believe there's a God who's walking alongside me. And I have seen him do amazing things in my life and around me. And I've just chosen to trust him rather than my own perception of how things are going or, or fear the future, which I know he's got in his hands and I can't control anyway, right? So that's the truth. And And if we share that truth with other people, that's meaningful. People are looking for that. They're looking for healing. They're looking for hope. We can share that if we are open and vulnerable with them. And that's one of the things I love about Crossroads. You know, we have our slogan is come as you are. You don't have to dress up any particular way to be here. You don't have to put on air like life's perfect. You know, you can come through those doors bedraggled and just dragging kids behind you. I barely made it out, you know. Um, and it's okay. We'll say, we'll take care of your kids. We're going to love them. You just relax. Just experience God's presence. And we have, have people who are real. In fact, one of the reasons why people keep coming to Crossroads is because people keep inviting them. You will say, hey, I want you to experience God the way I've experienced him. And that's what makes Crossroads so special. And I love this place. I love, I love this place. Family and all the people God keeps bringing, because our family keeps growing, and that 's a blessing because we 're telling the truth about this God who meets us where we are, right and And one of the realities is as we share, as we are vulnerable, it also helps people know we 're not judging them. <laughs> we might be. Um, judging people comes really easy in life. it really does, doesn't it but here 's the thing. Um, Uh, Point number four, speak with the character of truth, which is love, right? Jesus is truth, but he is also the embodiment of love. And so when we share this, we need to share it with love for the people around us, right? Not judgment. And so Peter says this, he says, In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the response or the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Do it with gentleness and respect. As we share, we do so with gentleness, respecting people, loving them the way that Christ loves each and every one of us. Right, and so since... The truth is the most loving thing you can do for any person in this world is to share the love of God with them, the truth of God's love and grace. That is the single most loving thing you can do with anyone in this world. So as you share that thing which is loving, make sure you're actually loving the person you're sharing with as well. That you're not putting yourself above them, thinking we're better than them or judging them because people get it when we think we're better than they are. I mean, they do. And so allow God to fill you with love for the person you're sharing with. And share with gentleness and respect. And that's true whether you're doing it in person, face to face, whether you're doing it on social media or any other way. Gentleness, respect, and love is how we share the truth because that is the truth that we're trying to share. If someone is angry as they're sharing God's love, what does that communicate? It doesn't embody God's love and His grace and His healing. And so our character as we share needs to reflect the character of the truth of Jesus, which is, in fact, love. By the way, I'll also say this. You can't change another person. Only God can. All you can do is share how God has changed you. I can share how God's changed me and then I let God speak through that sharing into the other person's life and into their heart. And and sometimes they'll accept that and sometimes they won't. And here's the other truth is as we share the truth of who God is and how he's at work, sometimes, point number five, you may experience opposition. You may experience opposition. Now here, now, even before I get into opposition, let me just say this. Most people are afraid of opposition much more than actually exists. If you're not preaching at someone telling how they need to change, you're just sharing how God has changed you, blessed you, most people will simply receive that. But every now and then you'll find someone who does not receive it. That somehow the words that you said triggered something in them, and they just can't accept it. And so, In fact, the next verse in in 1 Peter 3 says this, keep your conscience clear so that when you're insulted, those who speak evil of your good conduct as followers of Christ will become ashamed of what they say. For it's better to suffer for doing good, if this is God's will, than for doing evil. Sometimes, even when you're sharing gently, lovingly, respectfully, people will still respond to you negatively. They might be offended. They might be hurt, whatever that may be. But as long as your conscience is clear, their their reaction is their responsibility, not yours, right? So the first thing you need to remember is is it's not personal. It's not against you. It's their reaction to what you're sharing. But just make sure that it's the truth that's being offensive, not you, right? Right? That's the key. If I'm being offensive, then it's no surprise someone might be offended. Someone might be hurt. But if I'm gently, lovingly sharing something about how God's changed me, about His presence and His power and His healing, and the person rejects it or gets angry or offended, that's their issue, not yours. You've tried to love them. Not everybody wants to receive your love your experience, and that's okay. God will deal with them in His time. Remember, you can't change that someone; only God can. I can only share how God has changed me, right? And also says, keep your conscience clear, right? So, first, don't take it personally. Secondly, stay confident in who God has made you to be. Stay confident in how God has worked in your life, even if somebody doesn't want to hear it. You're still you, completely. Don't let another person's negativity change your opinion of who God has made you to be. And that leads us really into our final point, and that is this. Number six, never forget, God is with you. God is with you. You are never alone. You are never forgotten. In fact, in this whole thing of telling the truth, God doesn't just sort of say, I want you to tell the truth, good luck, right? What he says is, remember the very first scripture we read, the power of the Holy Spirit will come to you. Then you will be my witnesses. As we're telling folks the truth, as we're sharing what God has done for us, God is right there beside us. He's right there with us. In fact, sometimes he's he's encouraging us and giving us things to say. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you weren't quite sure what to say, but suddenly you had this brilliant stuff come out. And it's like, wow, that was God's Holy Spirit helping you to communicate blessing to other people. Or sometimes somebody will tell you something. My spouse just filed for divorce. I just found out I had cancer. My best friend just passed away. Whatever it may be, and we, we just are like, you don't even... I mean, how do you respond to that kind of stuff? No one has the right words. But if I take a step back and I, I stop being anxious about me saying the right words, often as I, if I'm at peace, God will give us, he'll give us the words of blessing and comfort and love for another person. He is with us always, every step of the way. Matthew chapter 28, 20. The last words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew say this I will be with you as you do this, day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. Right? God is there with us, for us. He is always at work. The Holy Spirit, by the way, we've talked this morning about the Father, the Son, now the Holy Spirit. One God, one God, but the Holy Spirit is, is God. Living in us. It's God empowering us. God, in fact the Bible says, revealing the truth in us. Teaching us. Encouraging us and convicting us. Depending on what we need in that moment. It's God actively working inside your heart and mind and around us. He's always here. You know, we may do a lot of things in life. In relationships, family, work, play, sleep. But the single most important thing we can do on this earth is tell the truth of God's grace and love and power and healing to a world that needs it. Nothing is more important. In fact, look at it this way. Why in the world are you still on the earth? You know... Life would be better in heaven. Life would be better in God's direct presence. But we're still stuck here on earth. Why? Because there are still people who need to know the love of God, who still need to know His healing, the life that He gives. That's why we're still here on the earth. It's not because I need to work a few more years at my job. You know, it's not because I need a few more wrinkles or a little bit more weight or whatever it may be. We're here for the single most important activity that anyone can do. The single most important loving thing we can do for any person we know, which is to share the truth of God's love and grace and life. Of course, you can't share what you haven't experienced, right? And so my prayer is that you are continually seeing God at work in your life. Even if you've given your life to God, sometimes we, we can close ourselves off to his work because sometimes truth is uncomfortable. Even though truth may, may bring healing, it's like a person who gets a diagnosis, they don't like the diagnosis, so they try to deny it, they try to sort of ignore it, but the truth is, to get healing, you gotta hit it face on, right? Head on. Sometimes the truth of God that we're broken, we don't wanna know we're broken. But we got to go through the brokenness to get to the healing. And so if you've given your life to God before but you've not really opened your life to Him, today's the day. Open your life to His truth in your life. It can be scary sometimes because we think, oh my goodness, His truth, that's going to hurt. It's going to reveal things I don't want. But, But His truth always comes with love and grace. And His truth always leads us to a better future. So don't fear the future God has for you. He wants to bless you. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to God, and you say, actually, I need that truth. I need that healing. I need that grace and forgiveness. I need his life because I'm not making it on my own. Now is the time for you as well. If you're ready to open your heart and your mind and your life to God and his grace and his truth and his love and his power and his hope for the future. If you would like to receive that today, then I just, I encourage you to pray now with me and ask God into your life. Let's pray. God in heaven. I don't fully know the truth of who you are, but I want to know you. I want to receive your truth. I want to know the life that only you can bring. I want to know your hope. I want to find your healing. And so I give my life to you right now. I open myself to you, your presence, your truth, your healing, your grace. Lord, I want to receive the forgiveness that you give through Jesus Christ who lived a life of perfect love and truth on the earth and gave his life for me on the cross that all my debts and sins and selfishness will be paid for. I accept that truth of who I am and what you've done for me and I accept right now also the hope and the joy of forgiveness and a new life with purpose and meaning and significance in your power and your grace and your love. I don't fully understand what this life is going to look like, but I, I want to begin it right now with you. So here I am, Lord. Take me. I pray this in Jesus' name.